0: welcome to the it's not too complicated podcast i'm your host christina perez edmonds this podcast is dedicated to sharing the stories of parents raising children under exceptional circumstances there will be laughter tears and most likely adult language thanks for listening and for playing an important role in making our world a kinder more inclusive place Hello, hello there. It's Christina, your host, and I'm here with my son and executive assistant, Oski Edmonds. Oski, say hi. Oh, he got shy. <laughs> um. Well, thank you for joining me. Uh, today, I'm going to be doing another reading, an early reading from uh, my blog when it first came out uh, three years ago now, which is... Really bananas to think of. Um, I will say there is some adult language in this podcast, so please keep that into consideration um, as far as who else is listening with you. Um, Today, I'm going to be reading from the podcast, which is entitled... I mean, I'm sorry, the blog post, which is entitled... The magical, mysterious, and sometimes messy journey of feeding your baby. Um, this is all about my ex- <laughs> yes. This is all about my experience with feeding. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, fed is best. But this was my journey on like how I got to that point. Um. Okay. So. Let's start from the beginning. Osky. Uh, you're going to help me out. Yeah, he's playing with his, his dinosaur. So uh, if you hear him, that's, that's what you'll hear on this podcast. Sometimes he'll be with me. Sometimes he won't. And, uh, you know, this is, he's the reason all this started. So he gets to be a guest all the time. Okay, so without any further ado, here we go. Although my son is now mostly tube fed specialized formula, we started on this feeding journey with exclusive breastfeeding by pumping. While I believe breast milk is the most amazing food on the planet, with incomparable benefits, I also believe that fed is best. At the end of the day, you have to do what is best for you and your family. I hope my story provides some insight into breastfeeding in general, and also show what it's like to breastfeed a NICU baby. I wish nothing but a smooth and seamless breastfeeding journey for all moms out there. But if that doesn't happen, just know that you are not alone and that there are many different ways to provide your baby the nutrition he or she needs, and that is totally okay. Right, Asky? When I first learned I was pregnant, I dove headfirst into all the baby books and mommy blogs I could get my hands on. I was certain that I wanted to breastfeed and adamant that I would gladly do so in public without covering up. I would be an advocate to breastfeed whenever and wherever without shame. For the record, I have breastfed, bottle fed, and tube fed my son in public and no one has ever shamed me for any of those things. I attended Bradley method birthing classes as suggested by the labor and delivery nurses, since I wanted to have an all natural unmedicated vaginal birth. Even after learning the news that my baby had some health issues, there was no reason to schedule a cesarean section. And I put my trust in my doctor to make the call as to what would be the safest option to deliver the baby. When the time came, I continued attending my Bradley method classes with my husband And uh, we were doing everything we could to prepare ourselves for a natural delivery and breastfeeding. Unfortunately, I didn't get my wish for a natural delivery. I was given an epidural, having gone into preterm labor at 35 weeks because if an emergency C-section would be needed, they did not want to have to put me under general anesthesia. In case you are not aware, the mother is awake during a C-section and numbed from the waist down with an epidural. The epidural stays in the mother's cerebral spinal fluid, leaving the baby unaffected. If an emergency C-section is needed and an epidural has not been administered or a spinal block is not an option, the mother will have to be put to sleep under general anesthesia for the surgery. This method also delivers the medication to the baby, putting the baby under as well. If an epidural is administered just in case, as it was for me, you avoid the risk of putting the baby to sleep in an emergency surgery. It's important to note that if you have a healthy pregnancy with no complications, a just-in-case epidural is not necessary or required. It is completely up to your preference. In my specific case, I went into preterm labor with a baby whose kidneys were already enlarged and cystic and pushing on the lungs, making an epidural the best and safest option for both me and the baby. General anesthesia would have further compromised my baby's potential respiratory issues. So me and my medical team decided on a precautionary epidural. I'm glad I got the epidural because I stopped progressing around three or four centimeters and had to have a C-section. I'll save the details for another post about my birth story and we'll focus on the breastfeeding details for now. The wonderful labor and delivery nurses knew that I had planned to breastfeed and I had rented a hospital grade pump upon getting admitted to the floor that night. Everything was in place for me to reach my breastfeeding goals, even if my baby had to be transferred to the nearest children's hospital neonatal intensive care unit, which he did. When I first came to post-surgery, those meds knocked me the fuck out. I had big plastic cones on my boobs and could hear the whirring of the pump. Yes. I silently thought to myself, those nurses were breast pump ninjas and had started the pumping schedule while I was freaking sleeping. Every three hours, they'd walk in the room and work the pump for me while I rested. The next morning, I saw the first glimpse of colostrum, the most concentrated form of breast milk that arrives before the milk comes in. I had tiny little syringes that the nurses showed me how to use to suck the liquid gold off my nipples. My husband helped me out with this, as it's pretty challenging to maneuver alone, and would collect the antibodies, as he so fondly liked to call it, in the tiny syringes. We'd store them in the freezer to be used later in the NICU. You'll be tired as hell, but... Keeping a schedule of 20 minute pumping sessions followed by hand expressing every three hours is the best way to ensure milk production. Clearly if you're lucky enough to have your baby with you from the very beginning, you will be feeding an actual baby and not a machine. It will be a huge help if you have someone to help you wash your pumping supplies. You will never wash as many dishes as you will when you first have a baby and start pumping. If you're recovering from a C-section, having someone to help you do everything is pretty much non-negotiable for the first couple of weeks. Your body needs to rest to be able to heal. Our breastfeeding journey continued with the use of those tiny syringes of colostrum that we would soak on a like spongy Q-tip, I don't know what they're called, and we'd use them for oral care while my son was still on the ventilator for respiratory support. We would swab the breast milk soaked stick. On his lips and in the inside of his cheeks while they fed him through the nasogastric feeding tube, which goes down the nose into the belly. Um, That way he would associate the taste of milk with the full belly. Pretty genius, huh? (laughs) When he was able to eat orally after coming off of the ventilator, we nippled with a bottle. The doctors were worried that the latching process would make him burn more calories than he was actually consuming. It was hard, wasn't it, baby? And he wasn't gaining enough weight as it was. Nevertheless, I inquired about breastfeeding every day until they finally let me try. My female resident advocated for me, and eventually the male neonatologist caved in, knowing how important it is for bonding understanding that I was tired of breastfeeding a machine. Sometimes hospitals will refer a lactation specialist and or a speech therapist to assist with feeding, since NICU babies tend to be on the smaller side and need help latching onto a breast that's twice their size, not to mention coordinating the tasks of breathing, sucking, and swallowing. At first, my son didn't know what to do. (laughs) I would hand express some milk on the nipple and he would just lick it off like a little baby kitten. Well, that's one way to do it. I would tell him it's very creative, but it's going to take a while to feel full little one. I used uh, nipple shields because they were more firm than the actual nipple, and my son would um, actually notice that there was something to suck on. I would put little drops of breast milk on sugar wa- or sugar water on the edge of the nipple to encourage him to drink. It is worth noting that there is a specific way to attach a nipple shield. Invert the nipple part first and line it up over your own. Then flip it down, ensuring it's uh, suctioned. Wetting the entire nipple shield can also, um, beforehand, can also help it to stay on your skin. Also, if you're a NICU mom, uh, ask if they will provide the pumping supplies for you. Although I had my own pump at home that I rented through the hospital. There were two hospital grade pumps provided in the NICU in constant rotation between moms. They have sterile bags of all the pumping equipment you will need and will gladly give it to you. Use it. It's not worth lugging your home pump and supplies back and forth. Bring a small container of dish soap to keep in your NICU room to wash your accessories and just keep a set there. Now, when you are exclusively breastfeeding, there isn't much of a way of knowing exactly how many ounces calories your baby is getting during each feed. Um, I mean, there is there is a method where you can weigh the baby um, like no clothes on, on a scale before breastfeeding and then after feeding, and you can get a pretty good, um, guesstimate of how much they consumed. Um, but, uh, Breast milk is also said to average about 20 calories per ounce. And if your doctor doesn't think that this is sufficient, you can get a recipe to supplement formula to your breast milk. I believe there are recipes to mix up to 26 calories an ounce. And in order to get an idea of how much a baby is getting by breast, like I said, you would have to weigh your baby completely naked before and after the feed. The weight gained is assumed to be the amount consumed. You can also assume that the amount of milk you pump in one session is probably the amount your baby gets in a single feed. Um, in my particular case, my son did not gain enough weight with breast milk alone. We had to supplement with formula and mix it to the highest concentration allowed. We tried all types of formula, including predigested formulas that were easier on baby's tummy. There was a two week period after my son came home where he just decided to exclusively breastfeed. Uh, Between 6 p.m. and 11 p.m., he would breastfeed every hour on the hour, cluster feeding. Um, He still wasn't gaining enough weight and we got him back on the bottle. Eventually, I ran out of my frozen supply of milk and kept up with pumping what he would eat in a day. By the time he reached three months, I just couldn't keep up anymore and the doctors were very concerned with all the numbers, so we switched to just straight formula. It's important to make sure your baby's getting enough intake for brain and body development. We would learn after eight long, grueling months that my son would never get enough nutrition by mouth no matter what we tried. So we had to resort to surgery for a gastric tube. He has a Mickey button, also known as a G-tube or G-button or a peg tube. There are many ways to feed a baby and at the end of the day, the most important thing is that your baby is getting the nutrition they need to thrive. There are many lactation consultants and other moms who can help you with your feeding journey. There are moms who have an oversupply who are willing to donate their breast milk and some will sell it at a negotiated price. Uh, La Leche League is a great resource for breastfeeding, and they usually have meetings in your local area for expectant mothers, as well as those who have already delivered. Usually, the hospital where you delivered your baby has a lactation team you can call with any questions. Use your resources. They will come in handy. Relactating is also a thing, so if you've given up on breastfeeding for a while but want to build your supply back up, it is totally possible. I've personally been able to successfully uh, relactate once, and I attempted another time but couldn't keep up with the schedule I really needed. Uh, You need to drink plenty of fluids, especially ones like coconut water and Gatorade or Powerade, to replenish your electrolytes and to stay hydrated. Some women swear by fenugreek or mother's milk lactation tea. Pump, pump, pump. Power pumping can uh, help get your supply up too. Pump every 20 minutes for 10 to 15 minutes for a few hours at a time. There are lots of different power pumping schedules online that you can try, and a hospital-grade pump is the best. Um... Pediatric feeding disorders are a real thing, and if you are concerned about your baby's feeding patterns and inconsistencies, or if your baby is screaming, crying before, during, and or after every feed, there could be an underlying issue. Make sure to communicate with your pediatrician, uh, GI doctor, and nutritionist. Some babies have oral aversion issues, some babies have terrible reflux, and others, like mine, just won't eat enough to sustain life. It has nothing to do with you. These are medical issues that you have no control over. My advice is to make sure you have a support system in place, no matter what your feeding journey is, and keep an open communication with your baby's pediatrician. Remember, fed is best. Okay, wow. I am so glad I wrote all of that down when I still remembered it, because if you would have asked me today about all that, I wouldn't remember most of what I wrote down, um, in there. So, uh, that brings me back and it's only been, you know, four years since then. Um, and I honestly, I can't believe how much I knew about breastfeeding (laughs) because I mean, I, I remember that I had to learn a lot like really quickly, but, um, I don't remember any of that. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad I wrote it down. I hope it's helpful for you guys because if I have another baby, this will be helpful for me as well. Um, so, let's see. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that uh, a lot of this is still true today. Um, but I, I will mention that I have seen lots of different types of pumps and pumping accessories and supplies um, in like Target and places like that, that, uh, I didn't have even just four years ago. So there may be other like store-bought pumps out there that are just as good as hospital grades. So you might want to check on that or read some current reviews online because this was in 2016. Um, then I wrote that. Um, and yes, I have breastfed, bottle fed and tube fed my son in public. I never got shamed for it. I never got weird looks. Um, for any of those things. So I think, uh, like looking back and and I had had this discussion before with someone else, I think in my head, I had built up that I was going to get all of these, you know, comments and looks by doing that because of what I had read on social media. Like I was just being bombarded with articles probably because I was on like baby sites all the time and pregnancy sites. And, um, I think that I was, 100% one hundred percent reading about it more than I was experiencing it. And so I will say that was a relief. And also, you know, I was so gung ho about this, you know, breastfeeding and in public and being an advocate for that. And and I 110% am. But I realized when I was trying to do it, and I, this may have had a lot to do with the fact that Oski was pretty terrible at breastfeeding. And so it was always really awkward, and it was, like, just easier to, like, take my shirt off and just deal, um, like, naked in the house. I could not do that in public. Like, there's a difference between, like, you know, discreetly breastfeeding your son or maybe, like, one boob is out. But you just can't, like, take your top off. Like, nobody can do that. So anyway, yeah. Um, I wasn't comfortable breastfeeding in public like I thought I would be. And I think uh, I will try again next time if there is a next time. Um, And maybe it'll be more seamless than it was with Oski. But um, I think you just have to do what you feel most comfortable with. And that may change from one day to the next and one hour to the next. And that's fine. Like you just do what you got to do to make you feel comfortable. And that's that. You know, don't worry about you know, what other people think or about all the articles you read. Like at the end of the day, your baby's going to feel if you're comfortable or uncomfortable. And you just want to enjoy those moments of being able to feed your child, like no matter how you're doing it or where you're doing it. Um, yes, uh, we went to Bradley method birthing classes. They were very good. I mean, I remember learning a lot about pregnancy and about birthing and we had opportunities to kind of like, um, act out, if you will, uh, the scenarios of, you know, driving to the hospital, of being in labor. I didn't get to experience all of that, but I, I did learn a lot and I think it was worth going to, and it provides an opportunity for a discussion on topics like, and topics and, you know, opens up opportunity for conversations about what you think you want out of, You know, your spouse, your significant other, um, or whoever your support partner is in your pregnancy, um, it it provides a lot of opportunities and conversation for that. So I think that's important, and that was a a real benefit, even though I didn't get to use um, uh, the method for my actual birth. Um, I also got to meet a lot of other parents, um, or soon-to-be parents in that group, and uh, that was you know, good in and of itself, because a lot of my friends, most of my friends were not having children at the same time that I was. So it was kind of like the guinea pig of the group, I guess you could say. Um, All this stuff about uh, having an epidural and emergency C-sections and spinal blocks and whatever, I I, um, I think, I mean, I remember, you know, talking to a lot of different people to make sure that that information was correct and doing my research. But I always suggest, you know, doing your due diligence. Some of this stuff may have changed since I wrote that in 2017. Um, and and maybe, hopefully, I will have a guest on on the podcast one day that can bring me and us up to date on, you know, all those different methods and what they mean for the mother and the child. Um, Let's see. I had totally forgotten about like all that stuff about the milk coming in and the syringes like I remembered it but I just like didn't I I just don't think about it anymore so um yeah I mean I I had a special scenario where I was you know the baby was high high risk my pregnancy wasn't like high risk in the sense that I was on bed rest or anything but I had lots of and lots of appointments and ultrasounds and prenatal echocardiograms because of my son's uh, kidneys and and heart and the defects that were showing up prenatally. So my wonderful um, OBGYN at the time, who's now moved and unfortunately can't be my OBGYN anymore. Um, anyway, she had done this amazing thing and got everybody that was on the labor and delivery floor that I would be... Um, dealing with when I went into labor, like two months ahead of time, she scheduled a meeting with all of them and with me and my husband. And I got to express what I wanted out of my birth in whatever scenario came about. And I was pretty adamant about wanting to breastfeed. And, you know, they listened to me and they... Even though I was knocked out by the Dilaudid that I got during my C-section, which was awful. I've never had good reactions to narcotics ever. Like, I can't even take cough medicine with codeine in it. I just can't handle that kind of stuff. Like, I just, I vomit. It knocks me out. It's like I I just, like, go into this weird conscious but unconscious, like, sleep state. I hate it. I will not get Dilaudid next time. But I was out of it, completely out of it for like a good 12 to 24 hours. And those nurses were in the room, you know, putting that breast pump on me and I got my supply, my, my, um, milk came in way sooner than anyone expected, especially considering the stress I was under, um, with having a baby that was in the NICU across town. So I didn't get, um, you know, all that bonding. I did not get to do skin on skin. My son needed immediate life support. And so he was immediately bagged and intubated and taken across town. I did get to see him after he was stable in the hospital where he was born um, before they took him uh, by ambulance to the next hospital. And I remember that I was able to kind of wake up for that and hold his hand and I remember thinking how tiny he was and his ears looked all funny and he was so squished up. And I I think I have a video and the first thing I said when I saw him was he's so tiny and he was he was so tiny for so long. Not anymore. But um, anywho. Yeah, all of this is just bringing me back. My gosh. OK. Um, I do remember Chris calling it anti-buddies. I don't know if he did that on purpose, like if he actually thought it was called antibodies, but it's antibodies, the medical term. And he was calling it antibodies. And I could not stop laughing like and I hated it because I had just had a C-section and it hurts so bad (laughs) to laugh. But like he was just there like with this tiny syringe, like collecting colostrum and talking about antibodies. And I just lost it laughing. It was so funny and it was a nice break from all the stress. So we still joke about that now. Um, probably we'll joke about it again if we have another child, um, who will breastfeed or whatever. Anyway, the, these pumping sessions, by the way, totally forgot how intense that was like 20 minute pumping sessions followed by hand expressing every three hours is the best way to ensure milk production. Like I'm reading that And I kind of can't believe I was able to do it. Like, I remember not sleeping at all. Like, okay, so you're doing 20-minute pumping sessions, right? Then you're doing 20, 30 minutes of hand expressing, let's say. That's 50 minutes. Then you got to wash all that crap, (laughs) like all the pumping equipment. This is if you're pumping, obviously. And then maybe catch some Zs for 45 minutes until you're back up doing it again. Like... The sleep deprivation, I have never felt so sleep deprived in my life. And I remember thinking to myself, like, from this point on, time is on a continuum. Like, there is no day, like, morning, afternoon, night, day to day. It's just hour by hour, minute by minute, time continuum, and you just got to get through it. Like, do what you got to do. And I still feel like that now. Um, But the first, oh, man, those first few months... Uh, uh, weeks of breastfeeding and all that. Ooh. it's intense. It is a very intense and it is a shock to the system. It is a shock to your schedule. Like you just went from being like, you know, pregnant, your, your, your body has changed in that sense. Hold on one second. Yeah. Just making sure this kiddo doesn't roll off the bed. Um, your body has changed and th- like, that's a a big shock, like to experience your body expand, In that way, Um, and it's beautiful, and it's amazing, but the shock of the lack of sleep, of caring, like, being completely responsible for this brand new life, like, there is nothing that I've ever experienced in my life that comes close to, like, that sort of quick, like uh that that just shift in your life that happens so like there is no adjustment period i mean you have to adjust and you hopefully you will eventually but it is hard and um you know for all the new moms in your life like pats on the back for them like go bring them some dinner bring them some coconut water bring bring them food because they're starving i can tell you that because breastfeeding makes you hungrier than anything in this world um But yeah, check on that. Check on the moms in your life, especially the new moms, the first time moms. Hold on. This baby's being insane. Okay, I totally forgot about the uh, resident who had advocated for me to breastfeed. I, I forgot that I needed to advocate for myself basically to breastfeed. Like I was I was using breast milk. To feed my son, right? They were putting it down the NG tube. They were using it for the oral care, but I was not allowed, um, to actually put him on the breast. Part of that was the first two, like the first two weeks I couldn't even hold him because he was on the ventilator. Anyway, like there was no way he was going to breastfeed, which is why I was pumping. But, um, yeah, like I totally forgot that they were, they were telling me no for a while, he was so tiny, anyway. I mean, and we tried, but it it didn't work out. And I, I hope next time it will. Number one, because um, I would like to experience that. Number two, it's much cheaper <laughs> than um, getting formula. And um, I think in in some ways it's more convenient than pumping. Like I remember that two week period of him. Um, breastfeeding like I didn't have to bring all this equipment with me anywhere or wash all those dishes like it was just feed the baby like wherever you are and that was so nice but anyway you do what you gotta do Um, I did have a lactation specialist for a little while um, and it did help but again he had uh, oral aversion and could not and still has a hard time coordinating sucking swallowing and breathing um, he has silent aspiration. So, uh, more on that later, but yeah, that's just, it is not, not in the cards for us. Uh, and I just didn't know that at the time, like to what extent, what that meant. But now I do, uh, the nipple shields, man, I forgot about those things too. They were great. Um, and for the first like couple months, I totally did not put them on correctly. Looking back, uh, someone had to show me, relaxation specialist actually showed me the correct way to do it, which none of the nurses knew or realized, I guess. But I, I, I've gone back to visit the NICU and actually there's only a couple of nurses that are still there from when Oscar was born just four years ago. So, and you know, they're constantly being educated and stuff. So I'm not trying to like blast the NICU nurses for not knowing that. Like it is, it's fine. It's, uh, they kept my son alive. That's the most important thing. Right. Um, so yeah, hospital pumps, like I said, I found them to be the best ones, but you might have you know store bought ones also, the hospital grade pumps are were covered by my insurance, so that was another helpful thing um yeah, the breast milk i I didn't realize that it was like the when we retract- retract a little bit, so I guess going into it and just being pregnant, and not knowing much about breastfeeding at all um and knowing that my mom didn't breastfeed because she had us in the 80s and it was we were twins and they just gave her something to like dry up the breast milk I think um they said it would be too hard and so she always formula fed so my only knowledge of breastfeeding at that point was either breastfeeding or bottle feeding like breast milk or formula and i didn't know there was so much in between so i would say You know, if you're breastfeeding and your baby's not getting enough weight and they're telling you to add formula, you don't have to go directly to using purely formula. There's lots of in-between. There is fortifying your own breast milk with calories added from powdered formula. Like you don't have to mix powdered formula with just water. You can mix it with your breast milk to make it more caloric. So keep that in mind. Ask your doctor. Ask a lactation consultant. Um, You probably get a GI doctor and a nutritionist nutritionist for your child, um, which can help you with that too. I'm pretty sure the nutritionist is the one who did all the calculations as far as how much formula to add to how much breast milk. So I would do that for sure. Make sure you're asking as many questions as you could think of, like there are no bad questions. Reach out to other parents who have been there, research questions to ask online. Um, they, they don't always know what, you know, and don't know that's the doctors that is. So make sure if you're hearing something that sounds unfamiliar, just say, I'm not familiar with that. Can you expand on that? Or can you explain this to me? I don't know what you're talking about. Learn as much as you can. Knowledge is power. Um, as far as the fluids go, I would 100% recommend Powerade, Gatorade, or coconut water. I like coconut water best on ice, like ice cold. Um, that made my milk supply increase so much it's so much more powerful than just water because of all those really great electrolytes uh keep that in mind if you are breastfeeding and trying to up your supply um yeah power pumping is a thing pediatric feeding disorders are a thing um i have links on my website about those you can also just you know google it uh look it up um so, feel free to use the resource page on my it's not too complicated website um I try to include a lot of um a lot of resources as, and it's an ever growing and ever expanding list, so I'll always keep adding stuff, especially if you guys want me to look into stuff for you. I'm happy to do that anywho um that was a lot of breastfeeding talk, which was interesting for me since it's been four years since I've had anything to do with breastfeeding um it brought me back and i hope that if you are listening to this that you could relate in some way if you have any comments or suggestions or even clarifications or information that has been updated since i wrote this please write it in the comments or direct message me on instagram or facebook i look at all my messages um and all my comments so i am happy um to update anything in here and edit um as needed so Again, thank you for listening. If you are a new mom or a breastfeeding mom, I applaud you. You are doing a wonderful job. You just take care of yourself and love that baby the best way you can. And um, I hope you are getting the rest and support that you need. And if you are not, call me, (laughs) message me, text me. I um, I will do what I can to help you out. I, I am not an expert and I I do not know everything, but I know a lot of people and I know a lot of really great people that are willing to help. So, anywho, thank you guys so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Christina and Oski, who would say bye if he was verbal, but he's not yet. Um, thank you and we'll see you next time. That's all for this week's episode of It's Not Too Complicated. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Let us know what you think by writing a review or following us on social media at it's underscore not underscore Too underscore complicated. Stay tuned for next week's episode and thanks for listening.